Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Miami Heat podcast. This episode, I am joined again by the champ, Norris Cole. The champ is here. We are in the building, and we have gotten off to a great start this season, Sean. Before we start today's episode, we do have a word from our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online is back and better than ever. New web interface to start the basketball season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, all the sports you want to bet. Vegas casino games, everything you could possibly want to bet on. Right at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Absolutely. I mean, we talked last week, the day after the Bucks win. We were very excited about that, but we kind of pumped the brakes a little bit. We said, okay, it's one game. They were missing a couple of guys. We took care of business, but we got to get through, you know, the entire season. But a week later, we're sitting pretty three and one. We did have one kind of hiccup against the Indiana Pacers on Saturday, but we got a win against the Orlando Magic, and we got a huge win last night against the Brooklyn Nets, and I think that's where we want to start. Norris, just you know, jumping into it, and we'll break it down kind of piece by piece, but what were your thoughts on that game? My initial thoughts on that game were we won, and we only shot in the 30 percentile from the field which means we defended very, very well at an elite level. Anytime you can win a ball game shooting under 40%, that means you're defending at a high level. So that's that's what I saw initially. What did you see? Yeah, I mean, I was up there. We, we just talked pre-show a little bit about it. I drove up after, uh, after school and got up there. Uh, it's a very cool arena if you've never been. Obviously, it's a newer arena. There's really not a bad seat in the house. Uh, I was in the upper level, but I was in the first row, so I had a, a very good sight line of the the – the entire court, you could see things develop. Uh, lots of Heat fans there. I'm sure some of the people that are listening might have been there. Um, it, it was great for Heat Nation to represent like that. There was a lot of Let's Go Heat chants. Uh, there were some other chants involving Kyrie that we won't get into towards the end of the game. Kind of cocky Heat fan came out a little bit at the end, but it was just a great <laughs> environment. <laughs> and, uh, and like you said, the defense, man. I mean, just a team that has Kevin Durant, James Harden, among other guys, but the stuff that P.J. Tucker, that's the guy I want to focus on first, P.J. Tucker against Kevin Durant. Like, offensively, P.J. had himself a game too, but defensively, he was turning, making Durant turn the ball over. He was making him work for his baskets. You know he's a great scorer. You, he's, you're not going to shut him down, but he made right. him work. And, wow, like you said, the Heat's defense and starting with him, it was just incredible to see the effort that they gave. Absolutely. When we – the Heat shot 39% from the field and 27% from three and still won the game. So that's that's a dominant defensive performance. And then you also got to, you know, we can't talk about Heat basketball without talking Bam Adebayo. Had an excellent performance. 24 points, nine rebounds, just unbelievable defensive presence. Offensively, you know, had poise. Um, you know, going up against their front court players and LaMarcus Aldridge and, you know, Blake Griffin and, and Claxton. And he just did what Bam does. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the other thing that you noticed 
talking about Bam, but talking about the Heat in general is we had a size advantage. And, and really, I would say also a toughness advantage. Not to say that the Nets are soft or anything like that, but we killed them inside with our guards, yeah, with our you know, we weren't afraid. Like, you know how many times last year, think about how many times last year it seemed like we were outsized, outmatched, got killed on the glass. I think we had 62 rebounds last night. Like, I think it's a heat franchise high, if I remember reading that correctly this morning. We just beat them up inside, and there was really nothing they could do. Well, that's how the team is built. The team is built on toughness. The team is built on, you know, guys that can play multiple positions and defend multiple positions with great length and great size. And obviously that's part of the heat culture as well, being the most conditioned, you know, being the toughest, you know, organization out there. That's, you know, that's the goal of the franchise every year. And I think this team is a great representation of that. Yeah. And you're starting to see a trend, you know, we're, we're through four games now. And, and you mentioned kind of the, the attacking version of BAM. Obviously Jimmy Butler wants to get downhill. Kyle Lowry wants to get downhill. We have a lot of guys that can get to the paint. In all four games, I believe now, we've had a majority of our shots within 14 feet. And it used to be sort of the flip last year where a lot of our shots came from the outside. We played more outside in than inside out. I want to do. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, you obviously playing the point guard position and, and now getting to see Kyle Lowry for four games. And we saw in that Indiana game without him how the game changed a little bit. Um, and last night, especially early, there were some those those hit-ahead passes, pitching it up, and really like almost jump ball type situations where Kyle sees it off of whether it's an outlet or off of a defensive rebound and he's pitching it up quick. Bam's running to the rim. Jimmy's running to the rim. And we just beat him down the floor. It was almost like watching like people cherry pick. Like when you're talking about rec center basketball, that's how quickly we were getting down court on them. Did you see that with the pace and, and getting up and down the floor? Yes, that has to do with pace, but that also has to do with the scouting report. The scouting report on, you know, James Harden, is that when you shoot the ball, whoever contests can run back and he won't get back because either he's going to try to, you know, flop or he's going to try to draw a foul. And so that's a scouting report in the NBA on him. And so, you know, when they when they were taking those shots, those long threes, because they take a lot of threes and a lot of long twos, you know, that's the scouting report. Get the ball out quick because their transition defense won't be able to get back. And so – Playing with pace is important, but I think that was also a strategic move as well. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. You know, that you, you think about it's sometimes people think about rebounding. Everybody should be boxing out five people to the glass, but that's really not how it works. In some cases, you know, you have four guys going to the glass, but situationally, like you're saying, these guys are contesting a shot. They're the closest people to your basket. You get out there, and especially when you can trust the other three or four guys to go get rebounds. And that goes back to the numbers we were talking about before. If you can trust that Bam or whoever's on the floor, Dwayne Dedman has had a really good first week and a half just working hard inside, Markeith Morris, PJ, on and on and on and on. You know, you can really start to leak out a little bit more off those contests because you know your teammates are going to get those rebounds. Absolutely. And and the spacing of the offense that they were playing against. You know, Brooklyn plays a lot of, you know, sp- spread offense so there's there's no one down there really to rebound set maybe one person so it makes it easier to get the rebound and then get it up the court quick because they're not you know they're not really fighting for the offensive rebound but let's talk about let's talk about this second unit though because the bench for the heat has been outscoring everyone and my man Tyler Hero you know he didn't shoot a great percentage but I'm loving his aggressiveness right now I'm, I'm loving it 
and I, and like you just mentioned, Detman as well. Yeah, you know, Tyler Hero is a great person to talk about because you're starting to see, I think maturity is a good word for the way that his game is evolving. Um, the first game, obviously, he lit it up. The second game scored hot, you know, a ton of points. But in the Orlando game, you're starting to see teams kind of adjust their defense towards him. Um, Orlando was doing a lot of trapping off the ball screens. And mm -hmm. it seemed like Tyler, you know, I think in his first two years as a, a younger player, obviously he's still only 21, he would try to force the issue. And, and in that Orlando game, I think he had nine assists, maybe something like that. He, he, he got rid of the ball, understanding, hey, I got two guys on me. That means I got four against three somewhere else. And that unselfishness, he was criticized last year for his ability to play point guard. But now he's showing I can score the ball, but I can also create and I understand what the defense is doing. Maturity is the right word. He's showing a lot of poise, but he's still not losing his aggressiveness either. So even though teams, you know, like you said, Orlando, they did, they tried to trap him a lot, but he was still able to find ways to, you know, be active on the offensive end. And the more he plays at a high level and the more teams have to, you know, adjust to him, it's going to open up more offense for others. Like, you know, Robinson, like, you know, Jimmy Butler, like, possibly all the depot when he gets back like Marquise Morse, you know, it's, it's, it's going to open up a lot for that second unit. You know, the, the more he's aggressive. Yeah, absolutely. And he's, he's continuing to have pretty high usage rates up in the 30 percentiles where it wasn't there last year. They're trusting him with the ball in his hands. I, I really like the way the rotation is starting to come together where it seems like Tyler is going to come in for Kyle uh, right around like, about three to four or five, six minutes left in the kind of the middle part of the quarter. Then Kyle comes back in right at the end of the quarter for Jimmy. Jimmy comes back in right at the, you know, like eight minute mark of the second quarter. So you always have one of those guys on the floor. It, it really, I think, has con like continuity with your offense. Um, it, it's, you know, different styles. Like Tyler doesn't attempt to make those passes in transition as much as Kyle does. That's a, you know, an experience thing, I think. But the offense is still efficient when Tyler is in there or when Jimmy is handling the ball or even when Bam's handling the ball. It's, it's you know, you've talked before about versatility and having a lot of options, and I think that's a great example of that. Definitely, definitely. And, and it's still a work in progress. It's still early. We're not a finished product. Uh, but like you said, the, the rotation seems to be working well right now. And you normally decide on things like that after you know, a 10 game you know, stretch. All right. In these 10 games, that gives you a good sample size. Okay. This is working. This is not working. We can adjust here. We can adjust there. So I think in these first 10 games, you know, Spo feels like he has something that he's comfortable with. And then as the season progresses, you know, and as guys get healthier, as guys get in better shape, you know, we may see some other adjustments depending on, you know, how other teams adjust to us. Yeah. And, you know, to can kind of put a cap on that second unit, you know, we talked about Tyler, Obviously, Dwayne Dedman has had a good game um, pretty much all four. The one game in Indiana that he kind of struggled, he was a little banged up. Um, but every game he's given us energy. He's kind of a consistent player because you know what you're going to get out of him. Markeith Morris had a great game against Orlando. Um, and, and then Max Struess coming in has kind of been up and down with his shooting. But you can see the confidence is there. He's continuing to shoot the ball. He defends pretty well at that position. Um, he's not a... He's not a turnstile by any means. You know, he's more a little bit more physical maybe than Duncan is, a little bit stronger. Um, and that seems like that's our nine right now. Um, 
do you see anything, you know, obviously maybe the 10th guy at this point is Gabe Vincent, who's kind of gotten squeezed out of the rotation. Um, obviously, Victor Olodipo at some point, we hope, is going to be coming back. Do you see anything else with the rotation? Or do you think nine is kind of a firm number at this point? I believe right now nine is a firm number. And that nine needs to play consistent. It needs to get used to playing together because, you know, during the year, you can't play every single player consistent minutes. That's just not how it works, you know, in the NBA. You have to have your, you know, your your five starters. Then you have your key rotation pieces, you know, and then you have your specialty, you know, what you call specialty guys. And that's about nine players, you know, sometimes 10. But I believe nine is enough. And as um, Victor gets healthy, you know, you'll add him in and maybe – you know, maybe he might replace Struess. Um, but for right now, I'm comfortable with the nine. And I think as they get in better shape and as they play more games together, I believe, you know, that he have a they have a pretty legit chance to, you know, make some noise in the Eastern Conference. Legit. Yeah, I love that point. And and one of the things I noticed, you know, obviously when you're at the arena and you can you can choose what you're gonna look at, I tried to watch Kyle a lot. And I think it's fascinating mm-hmm. just because he's a point guard. He controls a lot of things. Being a new guy, I was watching him a lot. When he's not in the game, he's constantly talking. He's off his feet. He's pulling guys aside during free throws, things like that, and pointing things out, trying to instruct people. And I think the more that they're around him, and, and I think in general as a team is gelling, but him in particular, it, it's just going to continue to get better. And in early signs, the defense is amazing right now. It's probably the best defense in the league. I think statistically, a lot of ways, it's the best defense in the league. Offensively, it's been a little clunky. Um, the shooting from outside has not been great. They're shooting around 28% from behind the arc. Um, mid-range, they're in the f- mid-40s, which is top 10 in the league. But that, you know, that outside shooting – we can talk about Duncan Robinson, who has not been shooting it very well so far. Do you have any concerns about that? Or is that something, you know, as a team, I guess, that you think is going to get corrected if we believe that we have good shooters? And especially with Duncan, I think we know he's a great shooter. Is that going to just kind of – the water is going to kind of level off and figure out where it's supposed to be? Yeah, I believe it's, you know, it's still early. It's too early to panic about the shooting. Um, coming into the season off after the offseason, you know, you have Kyle Lowry, you have P.J. Tucker. You, you do have new pieces, new nuances to the offense. So getting your timing together, you know, getting out there playing against different competition, you know, Duncan Robinson is not a secret anymore. You know, people game plan for him in certain formations when they run certain plays. So, you know, he's going to have to adjust to that. He's no, he's no longer a secret to this NBA. You know, he's a you know, he's a key. You know, when you come into a game to play against the Heat, he is one of the keys that you're going to key in on. So I think he'll adjust. You know, obviously he'll make more shots. I think, you know, it's early in the season. And our defense is good because of our maturity as a team because we have, you know, what we call dogs out there. And so as other teams are trying to find themselves defensively, you know, we're ahead of the curve. But offensively, we're kind of similar to the rest of the league. We're trying to figure each other out. We're trying to, you know, get our timing. And I think we'll get better, especially shooting from three as the season goes on. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I don't think you're going to see at any time soon that Duncan Robinson is going to be given space. He can continue to shoot at the percentage that he's at somewhere in the high 20s, low 30s, and they're going to continue to fly at him. He's still going to get that attention coming off screens. People know who he is, you know, and for whatever reason, for a week, he hasn't shot the ball well. Sometimes that happens, and I would trust 
very soon Duncan's going to have one of those big, you know, four, five, six, three pointer games, uh, you know, in the, in the very near future. Yeah, that's the scariest thing. When a shooter, a guy that, that's a certified shooter or a certified scorer, when they go on a slump, that's the scariest thing ever because the law of averages say they have to come out of that slump. And that means they're going to have to have a few special nights to come out of that slump. So be on the lookout these next few games. Yeah, and the next game, we'll talk about that very quickly, is the Charlotte Hornets. Um, they've come off a very good start. They're 4-1. and one. Um, They're a team that have – has been very competitive with us, you know, as they have a young group that's molding, uh, obviously LaMelo ball, Gordon Hayward, miles bridges is playing out of his mind right now to start the season. Uh, it's a Friday night game. It's a nationally televised game. It's in Miami. They're going to be doing the, uh, the banner for BAMS USA Jersey, um, up in the rafters. So, you know, I don't know if you've gotten to catch Charlotte or not, but, um, anything, you know, you, you see looking ahead to that game. Yeah. I'm looking forward to see, the growth of LaMelo ball, actually, you know, he's a star and a star in this league, man, that young fella can play. And I'm looking forward to seeing how he responds to, you know, the physicality and the maturity of, you know, playing against the Miami heat. I'm looking forward to seeing that just from a fan standpoint, obviously I believe the heat are going to win, but I'm looking forward to seeing how, you know, how LaMelo responds to, you know, playing against, you know, Kyle Lowry and, you know, Jimmy Butler. And, and when he goes down in the lane, you know, getting bumped, getting touched up by Bam on the Bayou. I'm looking forward to seeing how he responds to that. And I'm also looking forward to seeing how our bench, you know, responds to their bench and see if we're going to keep being that dominant force like we have been. Yeah, it's actually uh, – I'm looking at cleaning the glass right now. It is their – they're ranked number one in offensive rating, 116.4. We're number one in defense, 91.9, mm-hmm. 91.1. Yes. So – Number one offense, number one defense, something's got to give. Uh, it should be Absolutely. a heck of a game. You know, it's it's game five. So, you know, either way, you're, you're not going to get the full story yet on these teams, but it's going to be a heck of a matchup, and it's a, a division matchup also, so that's obviously important. Um, you know, talking about Charlotte, let's look at some of these other teams that are right now undefeated. Chicago, the Warriors, uh, the Utah Jazz, all undefeated, 4-0 or 3-0. Have you gotten to see them? Any Any observations about them early on? I haven't got to see them too much. I haven't because the time, the time difference. I haven't got to see them too much, um, but I, I definitely will try to, especially with them playing Miami. I'll try, but I haven't got to see them too much. Yeah, it's you know it's tough. You know, obviously you have a time time difference, so that's that's one huge problem there. You know, it's, uh, you got to get some sleep. You got to play some basketball yourself, and I know you're focused on that more than watching games. And I even myself, you know, being a teacher, I I, I don't have enough time, so I don't know how you would have enough time. So it's uh it's it's tough, but you know it's it's good to see. I think there's a lot of parity in the league. There's only one sure. team right now that has not won. It's the Detroit Pistons. Um, they're playing without Cade Cunningham also. So, you know, at some point well, they're going to get point. there. But, you know, the league average right now is two and two, you know, and I know it's early, um, but mm-hmm. you have, you know, a lot of like weird upsets. You know, last night you saw the Lakers blow, a, I think it was a 26, 28 point lead. Um, you saw, you know, Miami losing to Indiana, who is, you know, kind of a middle of the pack team. You've seen the Cavs beat good teams, you know, the war. It's just like, on any given night right now, the league is in a really good place because you want that as a fan. You want to see that Absolutely. competitiveness. And I think you've talked about this even as a player. I think that's something that you would enjoy because you know any given night you're out there and you got a chance to get a W. 
For sure, man. Having parity in the league is what it's all about. You know, sometimes you get tired of, you know, knowing who's going to make the finals, knowing, you know, having a good idea which team is going to be who. But when you have parity, when you have live competition, you know, it makes for a great fan base. It makes for entertaining basketball and it makes guys competitive level go up. You know, when you know that you have a legit chance of winning against anybody, you know, your competitive spirit, you know, it thrives. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be a, it's going to be a fun season. You know, things are going to change as we go through this. Things are going to change for the Miami Heat, but we're definitely excited. We have a, a pretty tough schedule coming up over the next two weeks. I know next week we have, I think, two home games, but the following week we're out west. Um, I don't know how that affects your time schedule, if it puts you on a better schedule, but it is not good for me because 1030 tip offs on the East Coast are not friendly to someone that has to wake up at six in the morning. So I'll try to tune in as much as I can when we get to those and we'll definitely be here to break those down. One thing I want to do before we close it out is it is a new season and we joined in together uh, as co-hosts late in the season last year and we forgot to do this last week is that cold blooded player of the week. So Norris. What are you thinking, Miami Heat cold-blooded player of the week for this week? The Miami Heat cold-blooded player of the week this week is Bam Adebayo. It's real simple. He's been the anchor of our defense. He's also been leading us in scoring. He's also great assisting, setting the tone. You know, he's gotten off to a great start to this season, and I think that he deserves to be cold-blooded player of the week. Congratulations, Big Bam. Yeah, I think that's right there with having his Olympic jersey hanging from the rafters. So we'll, we'll put the put the cold-blooded banner right next to it, right there in the arena. Uh, congrats to Bam. Like Norris covered it. I mean, he's he's just absolutely come out blazing to start the season. So I love to hear that. We'll do that every week. We'll try to honor some different players for their uh, you know amazing accomplishments throughout the week. Norris, before we close it out, just let us know what's going on in your season. I know we usually start with that. We're going to put that at the end, and then you can close us out once you're finished. Absolutely. So uh, the season right now, we've we've been up and down this season. Um, you know, we're playing really well in Champions League. We're number one in our group. Um, conference play, we're about 500, you know, so, you know, we have some work to do. Uh, but I'm excited. You know, we have a very talented team. Um, we have one of the best you know, transition defensive teams and, you know, in the Spanish league and one of the top, you know, offensive, you know, scoring teams in the Spanish league. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I've been playing well. I'm just looking forward to getting more W's. And with that being said, make sure y'all subscribe, make sure you like, make sure you give us questions and comments and heat nation until next time. We Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.